Hello and welcome to In the Works by Career Services at the University of Calgary. My name is David Catterford and with me today is my amazing co-host, Lawrence Chan. Hey everyone, good to be talking to you today. And uh, as you may know already, you know, our show is all about careers and jobs and, and whatnot. So, I mean, yeah, I guess the topic for today is, uh, I guess maybe let's start off with a little bit of just HR in general. I mean, I think most companies have an HR department. But yeah, I mean, what do, what do you know about HR, David? Well, my first job after university was I was an HR assistant. I got a, a, a my dad helped me get that job. Uh, it was with a, a oil and gas company called Nowsco, uh, which is no longer um, around anymore. But I, I had I had a job as an HR assistant, and basically I had to read all the cover letters and resumes that were mailed into our company. And I remember my amazing boss. She told me, she said, David, I want you to, anybody that's written a letter to our company and our organization, I want you to spend 10 minutes, read their cover letter, look at their resume. And if you think they, we, we could use them with Nowsco, then forward it on to her. And so that's what I did. That was kind of my first job after university. And it was a great job because it was almost like a revenge job because at that point I had been sending out letters right. to organizations and I had been getting back all these decline letters and decline letters. And then I get a job where I actually get to write these decline letters. So it was Yeah. So fun. you were, you had the power on the other side. Absolutely. <laughs> but one thing hilarious. that's really interesting about that job was because now I, I, I help students and you help students too with writing resumes and cover letters. And one student said, she, uh, she asked me, she said, what do you look for? Like when you had that job as an HR assistant, what did you look for in the cover letter? And you know what I looked for? I looked for, did they write the letter for our company? And if I thought that they inserted company name here and it was just a cookie cutter re uh, resume and, and cover letter... I always ended chucking those in the garbage. Yeah, no, I think it's very obvious, like right away to, to see like how much effort people put into their application there. Yeah. Yeah. So put in lots of effort. It, it goes a long way. Yeah. And how would you say that maybe the recruiting side of things and selection side of things, how has that maybe developed over the years? I think it's dramatically changed over the last, I'd say, two years. And I think even before the COVID crisis, uh, companies now are, are more aiming towards wellness and well-being and having satisfying um, employees. And I think that's really changed dramatically over the last, I'd say, few years, which is great for all candidates and all our University of Calgary students. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess, yeah, I guess we're kind of shifting then into more like the talent acquisition side of things. And I mean, HR, yeah, there's so many different, like even sub areas of HR, you know, like, um, you know, benefits and compensation to, mm -hmm. um, you know, leadership and development uh, and whatnot. So yeah, talent acquisition is just kind of a, another slice of what HR is all about. And I think for most people, that's a little bit more of an exciting part. I, I think you got to have to probably have the right personality to be in it because, you know, you're talking and interacting with potential uh, people who will be working within the company. But yeah, that's, I, I think, a very exciting part of it. And that's actually part of uh, our show today. 
where we talked to uh, a talent acquisition specialist. Right? And I know you did that interview, so maybe you can kind of set us up a little bit, David. Well, yeah. It, what was really interesting about that interview was, um, and, and, and Lauren, is she's got just a instinctive skill that she can recognize talent and, and she can see if people would be a good fit or not. I, I think you need, it's like a magic thing in the air where you need certain interpersonal skills to be able to kind of look somebody in the eye and kind of like size them up and say yes or no. And, mm-hmm. to, and to have that instincts be great. I, I don't, if you don't have that, then obviously don't go into a career talent acquisition. But if you do have that, then maybe think about this as a possible um, career option. Yeah, no, that sounds good. So then I guess without further ado, let's introduce our guest today. So today we are interviewing Lauren Bosco, who works as a talent acquisition specialist at Litco Law. So even though she's not the one providing legal advice, she plays an important role in making sure that the company hires the right people. In the world of recruitment, her background of being agency trained has been a big benefit because of the large hiring volume that she's done over the last year and a half or so. However, one of the best things for her is actually seeing the new people become successful by growing and flourishing with Litco. So let's learn a little bit more about Lauren and her role as a talent acquisition specialist and why she loves working at Litco Law and how she works with potential candidates. And before I ask the next question, because I want to now shift on how your company attracts its candidates, how did Litco Law attract you? Like, what what did you see that attracted you to this job? So first and foremost, the core values really resonated with me. So I had reached a point in my career that I felt, you know, I need something that makes me feel good at the end of the day. And um, when I found the job posting for for this role that I'm currently in at Litco Law, I felt like it was just speaking to me. And I don't know if you've ever been in that same position yourself, David, where, you know, you just read a job and you're like, wow, this is it's for me. This is my job. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, everything that I found about the company was just so different, so unique. It was so exciting. And I really felt like this passion was like reignited um, because you do kind of get a little bit burnt out when you're hiring at such a high volume for so many years. You need something to really spark that energy again. And this Mm -hmm. job just has done just that. And it's been amazing. Okay. So now let's flip it a little bit. And how does your company attract candidates? Because that's tricky time right now, right? Absolutely. So we have um, a few different avenues that we take. So we use all of the job boards. So um, our job postings can always be found, you know, on Indeed and Glassdoor and LinkedIn and, you know, all of the other many job boards. So that's where we post first and foremost. We also have um, some relationships with the universities and other post-secondary institutions. And we really try to uh, nurture those relationships because we do have a lot of student opportunities available on our team and we do student hiring throughout the year. So uh, those those relationships um, are extremely important in the world of recruitment for us. Um, Social media is another way that we do that. So we have an incredible brand and marketing team here at Litco Law that curates some beautiful posts to attack, attract candidates. Um, 
and then also our uh, brand, honestly, it's, it's just something that I think many people um, align with and to, and they feel a sense of connection. And um, I think the core values are, are the things that really attract people to wanting to work at Litco. Okay. So how, cause we, we talked um, earlier uh, previously, um, you have kind of a, a, an interesting process. You don't just interview and then hire, do you? No, we don't. We have a lengthy process, but it is um, so important to us. We're kind of uncompromising on the process. We uh, begin with, you know, just your typical posting your position, screening applicants, and then we send out what we call a candidate history form which is a two, three page document. And we ask some questions about the candidate. We're just trying to get to know them a little bit better as an individual before we invite them to a coffee meeting. And the coffee meeting is really unique in our business because we actually let the candidate interview us first. So we encourage the candidate to prepare as many questions as they want, nothing is off the table and they get to see if this job is a fit for them. Um, and we really see the see that as being one of the most important pieces as the entire recruitment process because um, they should also be evaluating us. Um, it should be a two-way relationship that we're entering into. Um, so they interview us and then we'll flip it around and we'll interview them after that. So we usually spend about three and a half hours with each candidate, you know, when it's all said and done. Wow. So and you and you actually call them coffee chats, right? Coffee meetings, yeah. Coffee, coffee meetings. meetings. Yes. Yeah, and and who brings the coffee? Like, well, I guess I mean it's been probably virtual over the last year and a half, but is it really like coffee and 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 it's just kind of relaxed and drinking coffee and 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 they ask questions and you answer and and you try and see fit, right? Absolutely. And I, and I hope that they're seeing if this is a fit for them as well. So pre-COVID times, we would invite them into our office in Britannia, and we have an amazing coffee machine. And uh, we will make them whatever beverage that they want. And if they don't want a coffee, we can make them something else. Um, but yeah, we, we absolutely do have coffee and it's very casual and we want them to interview us. So um, it can be a little bit intimidating. A lot of people aren't experienced in recruit or in, you know, interviewing others, but um, it's not a test to see if they pass or fail, but we want to answer their questions. We want to give them a real um, like insider scoop of what it's like to work here. That's fantastic. I, I wish you know more companies would do that, right? My goodness, I, I think it's very important to, to kind of see if you're in the same if, same ballpark to see if you're fit, right? So good for you. Okay. Now, how, do you keep your, your, uh, like another part of recruitment is not only recruiting talent, but kind of keeping your current staff motivated and satisfied. How does Litco Law achieve this? Well, the one really amazing thing about working at Litco is that everyone has a voice. So we do have a very flat organization, which means it's not super hierarchical. Um, everyone really is so important. They're so valued and we encourage people to speak up. So I think that that gives people a lot of um, encouragement to bring ideas and to bring innovation and to ask tough questions. And so that, 
that freedom makes people feel really good and they feel really valued at work when they can speak up and they can use their voice. So I think that's one way that that just really keeps everyone engaged. Um, and I think that our meeting rhythms as well, every single two weeks, you will have a meeting with your team lead and you will go through what you're working on, what's going well, what you need help with or support on. You get to share things about your personal life if you'd like to. And we do that every two weeks. So every single person on our team, there's almost 130 of us. We all have a meeting with our lead every two weeks. That also gives people the opportunity to seek feedback and to get praise and acknowledgement and also to give their leader feedback as well and to ask for help. So um, I think that also makes people feel really valued and it keeps the company morale up really high. Um, and then, of course, we have all the other fun things that we do. We have um, our culture champions, which is our social committee at Litco Law, and that that group is responsible for planning all of the fun things that we do throughout um, the year. So we usually have you know something fun going on every month, even more regular than that. We do tea times every day and happy hours and virtual hangouts and things like that. So <laughs> we're doing lots of fun things. We also have um, our corporate social responsibility. So for those that are really interested in giving back to the communities and they have that spare time, they can participate in Litco Cares. Um, so there are so many ways that we keep engagement high and we keep people satisfied at work and we're encouraging people to really seek professional and personal development. So yeah, I think we do an amazing job of keeping the staff motivated and excited to come to work. All right. Now, okay, I was going to ask you like what's a bonus or a perk to work in human resources but you you kind of didn't like that well it's not that you didn't like that term but you you don't call it human resources you call it people and culture so i guess we're of the mindset that humans are not resources um so we we prefer to call ourselves people and culture and um, those are two things that are really important to us here at litco i'm sure you've picked up on that by now our people mm -hmm. first and foremost and the culture and that's something that we will um always protect and you know make sure that we're we're staying on top of that so i think we always say that when you get the people right everything else is easier so we're more concerned about just getting the right talent on the team and then letting them be successful we are in an adult agreement that you have been hired to do a job and we trust you and you're going to do a great job. And if you need help, you're going to ask for it. And if there is conflict, you're going to have difficult conversations. We're going to teach you how to do that so you can be successful. Um, and so that's what we're here to do. We're here to empower people and to just let them do a great job. So you just have to get the talent right to begin with. It all starts there. Okay. Now to if you wanted to go into talent acquisition and and recruit and things like that what what skills or attribute would you need to be successful definitely be adaptable things change sometimes things don't go according to plan and you have to be nimble and you must be quick um and you have to really overcome obstacles quite quickly so not taking things personally as well that's one that it, it takes time to learn that. Um, and you, you continuously have to work on that, not to take things personally, but um, mm -hmm. yeah, but absolutely, you must be adaptable. You must have high attention to detail. Okay. Um, I, I mentioned this earlier on spelling errors. That's every recruiter's is peeve. <laughs> so you need to be able to look out for those things. And I think honestly, 
the most important skill or attribute would be just, you have to be able to connect with people. It's all about people. You have to listen intently, genuinely care about others, um, be inquisitive, be curious. Um, it's all about, you know, understanding the other person on, you know, on the other side of the table. So um, yeah, you, you must like working with people. Let's just put it that way. Okay. Okay. Well, no, that, that's, that, that's helpful. Absolutely. Um, okay. Now, finally, and I, I want you to answer this from, from your background perspective, but what career tips would you like to share with our listeners? And you mentioned some things in a previous conversation about like, if you're going to hand in a resume or an application, it's got to be pretty darn good and gram like spelled correctly and everything. But I want you to, yeah, you maybe expand on that a little more. Well, I think you really need to showcase your personality. Um, I know there's probably mixed reviews on the cover letter. I personally love to read the cover letter. I think it's an amazing way to showcase who you are and highlight other things that we wouldn't be able to find in your resume. And I love a good solid cover letter. It's like the hook, you know? Um, so I really appreciate the extra effort and the detail and the time that that takes and the commitment to the process. Um, but absolutely, you must, must have a nice and neat resume, your cover letter, your application should really be immaculate. So have someone else look over it, use the spell check, make sure that everything is grammatically correct. Um, that goes a long way as well. You, I would hate for anyone to be screened out based on their attention to detail when they could be such a capable and competent candidate. Um, we actually have uh, an entire blog post um, and this could be used for anybody, anyone out there looking for a job right now, it doesn't have to be with Litco Law. If they're wanting some career tips or some tips on how to be successful um, and to you know basically land the job, we have a blog post, litco.ca. There's an entire list there of some tips and advice that anyone can use and apply to be successful in their job search. And I would really encourage anyone to go and use that. Um, even seasoned um, employees, people who've been in the business for a long time, go check it out. Make sure that you're sharp and, and you're, you're staying on top of your skills. To listen to this interview again, go to ucalgary.ca slash careers. Okay, so we're back on In The Works, airing on CJSW. So yeah, that was a very informative uh, interview that we had with Lauren and kind of just getting a little bit of a preview into what it's like to, I guess, make hiring decisions. And I mean, I guess we should, I mean, I think maybe it goes without saying, but I guess that we should point out that each company's hiring strategy can be quite different. And I think, yeah, maybe from like Litco's point of view, that they're a little bit more unique, but how can they find out like how each company hires and how they, they can really try to maximize uh, their own sort of way to getting hired? Well, by investigating, by researching, by, by going to the company page, seeing if they have any information, checking out their LinkedIn page, the glass door, looking at comments, um, uh, th things like that. But you find out I, I, networking, like talking to people that work there. And uh, I remember somebody that wanted to work at career services. She was a friend of mine and she was like, David, what, like, what should I put into my resume? And I, 
I gave her some tips and tricks and said, you know what, if you want to work at career services, you should have this skill and these things in your resume. And she put them in and it helped her. Yeah. And you should address it to this person. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't like to whom and make concern or dear hiring manager. Do a little investigating. Um, Make a phone call. Who should you uh, write that letter to? And then another thing, too, if you do get a name, make sure you spell it correctly. Make sure you get the, the, the proper information, their designation. Make sure everything is correct. But, yeah. 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 And so I guess, like, when you're talking about finding out information from people, like, who would be the best people? Is it – do you reach out to HRs or do you reach out to managers and, and whatnot? Well – I always usually like to say, don't reach out to HR people unless you want to have a career in HR. I, I think if you want an EIT position um, at an at a oil and gas company, you should talk to people doing jobs that interest you. Talk to them first. But you know what? I, I think, hey, Lauren is one of those uh, great HR reps and... If you reached out to an HR rep like that, I'm sure she would be able to help you a little bit or certainly um, put you in touch with somebody that might be able to help you. Yeah, totally. And we heard kind of just how how open and receptive she is to, to providing that help. And I mean, not everyone's going to be like that, right? No. And, and not everyone's going to have the time. But so I guess she's just kind of knowing when to, when to kind of draw back a little bit. But sometimes I think it's just maybe getting in touch and see who that person can get you in touch with. Okay, so we heard from Lauren during the interview. Again, Lico has a pretty unique and interesting hiring process. You know, one of their first steps is to invite the candidate in and have them, the candidate, interview the people at Lico, right? And that kind of made me think about like, okay, what sort of questions would you ask? Like, well, I mean, because she said the objective is mostly to make sure that the candidate has enough information, they know what they're getting into and of course ultimately to make sure that it's a good fit with with uh, the company and the candidate so what sort of questions like I guess David like hypothetically if you were interviewing at like oh, they put you in that spot what questions would you bring up to ask them well okay well here's the thing with me and you know me Lawrence I, I love asking questions and one time actually at the end of an interview which I thought I did great in they said, David, do you have any questions? And I started asking lots of questions. But questions about who will I be working with? Um, questions, what problems will I face? Uh, who will I be working with? Um, I even, I, I, but what happened in that interview was I had so many questions. At the end of the interview, the guy, he kicked me out of the interview and said, <laughs> listen, David, we can't keep answering your questions all day. You have to leave. And I, I left and I thought, oh, my goodness, I, I just I, I, I doomed myself and I'm not going to get that job. But I did get that job. Um, it's just I had too many questions. I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. I don't want students to get kicked out of interviews. But I, I think any questions about the job, about the organizational culture, about um, you and problems you'll face in the job – talking about training. I mean, fit is so important. That's why they're spending all this time to see if you're a fit for them. Well, flip it and see if they're a fit for you. So, but questions about the job. No, no, uh, like, 
I wouldn't have a question. Oh, tell me about your vacation policy or uh, which parking <laughs> spot can I get? Right. Like questions like that are not effective. Yeah. I guess the one thing like worth mentioning, too, is that usually because I've been at a spot too, you know, I, I'm at the nearing the end of the interview and the person would be like, do you have any questions for us? And I, I've said a no a few times just because I genuinely didn't have any questions on my mind. But, you know, I've learned now learned that that's, you know, the default answer should be yes, I do have some questions, like no matter what. And yeah, I mean, the, the stuff that you brought up there about, you know, coworkers or, or you know, how training is going to be carried out. Um, you know, what do you guys do for fun, right? If, if they're a little bit more of a, of a, you know, fun company. But I wouldn't start with that question. Well, of but course. <laughs> I, I would certainly uh, maybe end with, with that question. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I really like questions. Yeah, exactly. And while it might not, it might seem kind of imbalanced, I suppose, but like, I think, yeah, you know, the, the questions for you to ask, I think, again, help you in your decision making. You know, the questions that you ask can, you know, reaffirm if the job is as advertised. You know, is it, you know, you're not just going to be like getting coffee or whatnot, right? You're actually going to be doing meaningful work. Um, you're going to be a part of a team, you know, that you hopefully will get along with and maybe have a same sort of working style, perhaps. Um, yeah, all of those, I think, will go to help you make a, a good decision to make sure that, that you'll have a good experience. And I mean, probably as, as students, you're not going to be you know, too particular about, about, uh, you know, where you end up or you're not going to be too particular of where, uh, well, yeah, I, I think what you want to do is, is, as a student is be open and positive yeah. and don't like kind of be too nitpicky that you don't end. I mean, you have to find a job, right? So don't be too nitpicky yeah. that you're turning everything down. Most students anything. just want to gain experience right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, yeah, bigger picture wise, um, yeah, all, all, a lot of those, uh, I think, a lot of those questions go to help you decide and see what's right for you. Um, what's really interesting, Lawrence, about questions is, is and this is a risky question, and I want to, we had a discussion about this in a team meeting a few years ago. And I remember one time at the end of an interview, I asked them, I said, okay, you've interviewed me now for an hour what do you think will be my biggest challenge in this job? And, well, what happened to me in that instance was they actually kind of canned me from the interview and said, well, David, we just don't think you'll be a fit. And they picked we don't. out your weakest points? And, and, well, I mean, it wasn't really a good job that I was applying for. It wasn't a good fit for me. It was for a, to be a, a cell phone sales rep. And, um, but what do you think of that question? It's a risky question and it backfired on me, but I, I kind of like it because it's, you're putting them on the spot a little bit by saying, okay, you've been interviewed me now. What do you think would be my biggest challenge? But, and they, they might tell you, but then you can maybe correct an assumption or say to them, you're right. I don't have a lot of experience doing this and this. I can learn, or is there something I can do before I start the job? So even though it is a risky question, I don't know. I think it's worth it. What do you think? Yeah, I actually had a friend bring that up to me. You know, he was, you know, one of his questions is just like more or less like uh, kind of just asking for interview evaluation or feedback at the end, kind of a thing. And then that kind of maybe gives them a second chance to make up 
or explain any of the gaps or concerns that they had. So mm-hmm. yes, I, I think there are pros and cons to this question, but I would say just kind of maybe more logically or maybe from the interviewer's uh, point of view, they, yeah, I mean, they might give you, you know, some okay or decent feedback, but still it might not be the best because I mean, they, they're still maybe like processing and digesting your information and on all kind of the responses that you told them. Plus they might not be interviewing, you know, there are other candidates maybe after you. And so at that point, even the feedback that they get, uh, even the feedback that they give you might not be entirely accurate or representative. But of course, on the other side of things, you know, like you said, David, you know, there is a chance then for maybe you to address any of the additional concerns or gaps that, that, um, that they brought up. So, yeah, I don't know. I think it's worth the risk, I would say. Uh, but may, I think maybe it's more so how you phrase it and how you word that question uh, would be would be good. You know, not just simply like, oh, do you have any concerns or what do you think about, you know, the interview of how it went? But maybe you got to be a little bit more specific and, and just a little bit more careful with the wording. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. So it's not like, hey, we ask this question at the end of every interview. Know your the situation you're in and, and how you word that question. And even if you should word that question, right? Depends. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's, I think that does it for us today. That's a good note to end off on. So, hey, thanks so much for listening to another episode of In the Works by Career Services at the University of Calgary. Have a great rest of your week and hopefully we'll uh, see you soon.